This is the Church is Now Online podcast, and I'm Dan Jacobson. I'm Scott Irwin. And joining us for the very first time is... Kristen! Hey, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, Kristen and I, we're both at home in quarantine. For those of you who don't know Kristen, we are married. It's true. We both work on staff at Bethel Church. Also true. We both think that the Hobart Portage campus is the bomb. Very true. I did use it. That's a 90s reference right there. (laughs) Debomb.com for all of you millennials. Are you self-quarantining from each other? You guys aren't on the the same uh, computer here. We are in different rooms in the house. I think there's a sound issue (laughs) that we need to record separately. Yeah, we don't have our stu- our studio is still back at the church. Like we yeah. were set up at the church to be able to record multi tracks, but here in our house we've got like you know very different situations. So we are in different rooms, and so that means the kids are who knows what. Free for all in the Jacobson basement right now. So if you hear any blood curdling screams in the background, don't worry, everything's under control. So so which child rises as uh, as the leader in the free for all? That's an excellent question. Um, I think it's probably Graham, actually. No way. He's the youngest, (laughs) but he oftentimes rises above the others. And today is his birthday. So happy birthday, Graham. He is officially three years old. And I think with that comes a level of authority that has not been seen yet. Yeah, but as a kid, as a kid, it's your birthday. That's like a trump card for anything. It's It's true. true. So it's like, I want to watch this. It's his birthday. I want to play this. It's his birthday. I want that's to show happened, you. Nah. That's, that happened at least four times already this morning. How are you guys <laughs> planning to celebrate uh, Graham's birthday in quarantine? So, so far we've had. Do you need a cake? We can get you a cake. <laughs> I know we don't have a cake. We have balloons that were left over from nice. the five-year anniversary. So those were um, used celebration this morning at breakfast tied around some presents when he woke up this morning we had cinnamon rolls with candles in them and that's as far as i've gotten as far as birthday planning (laughs) but the big news is the five-year hp five-year anniversary is the gift that keeps on giving because those balloons are still (laughs) rocking Guys, remember the, five, remember the five-year anniversary? That was a world away, isn't it? Life was so simple <laughs> back then. Remember how busy that week was, Dan? The week leading up to it? Oh, my goodness. Trying to get that family <sighs> sign put in? I didn't think life could get busier, and yet coronavirus <laughs> And then struck. four days later. And if you think about later, it, yeah. if you think about it, that was the last time we gathered at HP was five-year, right? Five-year anniversary, and then that evening, is that true? Am I wrong Kristen about obviously that? doesn't listen to the podcast because that oh. was like the first conversation <laughs> that we actually had. I listened. Kristen, Kristen gets to hear you enough, Dan. She, yeah, I, I was ranting around the house for days. I, I can't believe the last time we got together was the five year. I can't oh, believe last my time. Bad. Could you believe it? And then I went on, I created a podcast so I could rant about it. And, my and bad. just, yeah. And I listened. My own it's wife just, doesn't listen. it's just the sometimes it's background noise when the kids get a little bit crazy but i did listen i swear well if if you're listening right now and you have no idea what we're talking about go back to the beginning we're this is our third episode so uh it's not like you got a lot to catch up on plus the we just heard as we're recording this right now you know this is going to drop on tuesday the 24th that's um i think uh the day before 
the mandatory shelter in place in Indiana. So if you're catching this, you know, the day that it drops tomorrow, we all got to be inside. And what are you going to do? You're going to listen to Church's Now Online podcast. That's what you're going right. to do. You're going to, you're going to listen. You're going to get all of the goodies. You're going to hear the interviews and you're going to go back and be blessed. That's what you're going to do. Amen. <laughs> Kristen's going to be the leader amongst that pack, apparently. Yes. <laughs> I promise. I'll go back and listen closer. <laughs> what I want is a Facebook live feed of you actually watching them. So I know that it happened. Okay. I feel like like nothing happened. It used to be like pics or it didn't happen. Yes. Now it's like Facebook live or it didn't happen. Yeah, you live know, like, feeder didn't happen. <laughs> right, we need the live stream going on. So, Scott, we um we had a chance to talk before, yeah. like in our in our very official pre-production <laughs> meeting. Yes. Uh, but we we were talking about how a lot of people are having various reactions to, not reactions, but their lives are impacted in different ways to the coronavirus right now. Very like hardly anybody that I know has it even though you know our own son and we're awaiting his test but we're pretty sure at this point like it, it's probably not that um i know there's a couple of people at our church who are awaiting the same test and they um indicate to me that they don't think they have it either who knows we really have never seen this before we don't know what the yeah. medical manifestation is going to look like I, I guess some people are asymptomatic which means you know they they might have it they might be a carrier they might not even know that they have it so that's really important to be precautions. It's not like Kristen and I are still in quarantine and um, making sure that we're following the CDC's guidelines of, you know, making sure you don't lift the quarantine without a negative test result. Mm. But a lot of people um, are just being, you know, being cautious, taking the necessary precautions. Some people are just, they've been sheltered in place for a while because either they're at risk. And then <clears throat> there are other people who, you know, they're still having small get-togethers. They're get, they're picking friends up from their houses to take them out to get ice cream. You know, they're having their parents over <laughs> at their house. They're going and seeing their siblings and their nephews. Who is doing that? If I'm Nobody. being oddly specific, I don't <laughs> Nobody. know. Nobody. There's no implication there. So, We're more social now than we... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want to give that impression. <laughs> With under 10 people, right? That's been the yeah, guideline. Yeah. So that's totally okay. Um, and some people have said, you know, like Kristen and I, we've had longer work days than ever before yeah. i think mm -hmm. um you know we worked really hard for the five year which was a lifetime ago but then this happened and, and we had to move the whole entire church the structures the systems and we're still inventing new ways for people to connect and really get the gospel and to study the word and have god's word deep in our hearts we're still figuring that out but we haven't had like the chance to just watch netflix you and Kristen. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other people that I connect with who are like, I'm asking, Hey, how are you surviving? And they go, Oh man, we've remodeled our entire home. We've painted yeah. every wall. We've watched the entire season of my 600 pound life. Like <laughs> they're just going through just, just crushing the couch potato lifestyle or the at home life with zero responsibilities. And uh, so it's just hit people in different ways. Uh, where do you fall on that spectrum? We uh, have painted. So my wife, as a teacher, she oh, nice. was she was off school. And so she was like, I need projects. Mm -hmm. So uh, she painted our room, painted all the furniture in our house. Uh, we actually, this is, this is funny you, you say this because we were on a Zoom call with our small group last night. And we were all kind of going through asking this question about how have you been doing the quarantine? And or the stay at home. And, and some people have been, you know, we're saying, oh, you know, we've, 
nothing's really changed. I'm still going to work, yada, yada, yada. And some people are like, we haven't left the house in four days. And, uh, you know, I'm still in the same sweatpants from four days ago, watching Netflix and all this stuff. But the, the funny thing is, is a lot of those people got to the point where even though they, they reached the end of their stay at home stuff, you know, they've done everything. They've cleaned everything. They've watched all the Netflix and, uh, when you've hit the end of Netflix, that's a new to watch all of the Netflix. <laughs> You're right. I'm I guess sure you could really lower possible. your standards for Netflix, but yes. <laughs> but they're bored. You know, they're they're like they're bored with Netflix. There's only so much so much Netflixing right. you can do, um, which is interesting because I think a lot of times this this is what people dream of. Like we want the 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 no agenda. Mm-hmm. to be able to do what we want to do. And then we get it and it's still unfulfilling. Like what is yeah. that? Yeah. There's a lack of gratification that comes when you realize I've literally had the longest snow day of my life. <laughs> and at the end, I just feel like I've done nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. As, yeah. a, as pastors, you know, all of us, all three of us lead people. We shepherd people. You know, Kristen's shepherding our ladies across multiple campuses and does a great job. Having, having had to rethink how we gather women around God's word. Mm-hmm. Scott, you know, you shepherd so many people, more than just students. You shepherd a lot of people at our campus. And and so we've, I know the three of us, it's been in the back of our mind. How do we, like what is, God is always present and speaking in every moment. Every situation of life, there's this, um, there's there's this presence of the Lord, and there's this um, there's this thing that His Spirit is doing inside the hearts of His followers. Mm. And so, what does it say? I mean, I guess I could ask a question like, what does it say about us that when we are able to spend our time uh, in isolation, that we run to Netflix first, and then when it then when it um, you know we we finish the episodes that we care about, or we're just bored sitting on the couch? Yeah, it feels like the modern day Ecclesiastes. Like everything is meaningless. It's just a chasing after the sun. It's just a striving after the wind. Like if you get your arms around it, you find that it's empty. And so we've been thinking about how do we help people find meaning in the midst of the pandemic? How do we help people find meaning in the midst of staying at home? And uh, I don't know. I think we should just have a little conversation around that. How do we help people uh, care for their soul in the midst of a time where they're isolated from each other or distant from uh, society. What thoughts we got on that? I think well, there's something about, um, like you're saying, that we need to have purpose. And I, I guess I'm, I'm having a hard time coming from the board thing because I'm a mom of three kids that I'm trying to actually continue their education. And I think there are lots of people in, our, in my yeah. shoes right now and I know you mentioned this, Dan, that we've felt more tired at the end of these days, like working hard from home, that it hasn't felt meaningless in that sense. Um, and so I think I get, if I can just speak to the moms at home who I, I get that there's a level of boredom that comes with now being tasked with something that you're not used to. Maybe that is feeling overwhelming, mm-hmm. but finding purpose in creating an environment for your family where they can thrive in the midst of this, um, that alone is purpose enough. So to to say, I want our, what I want our home to look like is a home that is kind 
and gracious and not a home that is prone to worry, but a home that will be trusting in the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's, that's theorizing, right? That's not a, this -hmm. is how you put that in action. That's, but I think that's an important step to take to say, this is what I want our home to be. And now how do we kind of piece that out and say, how do we become a home that is not prone to worry? I mean, I'm struggling through that in my own heart, but I think one way to to do that is to to talk about it when we feel the worry, to be right. able to express, this is what I'm anxious about right now, to be able to say to our kids, why are you, why are you worried or what are you worried about? You know, mm-hmm. our kids, the first day we went to e-learning, Miles, our four-year-old, came to me, oh, five, he's five. He came to me, um, grabbed my leg, almost in tears and said, mom, I'm so worried about having school at home. I'm so nervous about having school at home. And I said, what's going on, buddy? Why are you scared about this? Because that seems like kind of a weird thing to be scared about. Maybe I'm going to hate my teacher. (laughs) I am not a scary person. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, because I don't know what it's going to be like. Mm. And I think that's the root of so many anxieties right now. This is unprecedented what we're going through. Um, not a crisis. We ever, we've had generations that have experienced crises before, but, but we've never seen anything like this. And so letting him talk that through a little bit and say, um, this is why I'm anxious because I don't know what it'll look like. Mm. And, and saying, that's okay, buddy. I don't exactly know what it's going to look like, but we are going to do it together and we are safe here and encouraging him in that way was important to me. I don't know if that answered the question at all, Dan, but that's where my mind went. No. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge when you're, when, you know, for the person who's bored at home, cause they've already cleaned the spice cabinet and watched all of Netflix and they feel anxious still, you got to ask yourself the question, why, why was that unfulfilling and why was that unsatisfying? Yeah. And I think the question too, of like, why are you anxious? It's the same, it's getting to the same core. Um, is that you're you're not spending your day or you're about to spend your day in a in an in a, a unknown way or mm-hmm. you're spending your day in a pointless way and mm-hmm. so what are some ways i think you know as i think about it and maybe scott you've got thoughts too but one of the reasons that that all of that is so unsatisfying at least the netflix thing or 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 even the fear the fear thing is that it ultimately reflects a viewpoint of the world that looks inward at myself and continues to put myself in the center of my universe when all of a sudden in society, like we don't know, like coronavirus is in the center of our universe right now. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be very, very strategic or specific about how you talk about it, it's not one person is rising up the ladder. You know, we're not able to, to um, have the control in our life that would tell us that we are, the focus we are the point but what the blessing is is i think that what christians have known all along is that it's not about us like our life is not about us so those moments when we operate in fear we we have a chance to recognize i'm trying to put myself back in the center of my world Mm. and i'm not trusting that someone else occupies that space namely jesus um and that his spirit at work in me allows me to participate in the point of the center of the world Again, theorizing, but I think where this plays itself out in practical life is um, is to say, okay, I just wasted 
I just wasted six days watching this. What would God have me do today? Right. Mm. Like, what would God have me do to, to, for my soul? What could I do to know him more, to practice his presence? What, what could I do to uh, not just look inward, but to look two ways, upward to him, to be reflective and mindful of him and conscious of him, and then outward. You know, right. even though I'm stuck here in, uh, in, in my own little bubble, I still have, here we are, the three of us having connection and conversation and community, and all the people listening along are participating in with us. Uh, here we are blessed by the fact that our lives don't have to be isolated. We can still communicate across our physical boundaries. Yeah. And so how do I look outward? How do I care for my neighbor? How do I use my gifts that God's given me today in the midst of a pandemic? It's a totally new set of questions for us. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. I, and I love that uh, acting question, that guiding question, like, what would God have me do today? And I don't think it's wrong. Uh, you know, obviously, none of us would say it's wrong to to take time or to, to watch Netflix. But if that's if that's the goal of, of your day, when it was the goal of your yesterday and the goal of your two days ago, um, it, it reminds me of uh, Jeremiah when we're talking about broken cisterns. You know, uh, my people have done two things against me. They have turned from me and they have turned to broken cistern, these things that cannot hold water. And when we feel an emptiness at the end of a day, uh, maybe it's because we're trying to, to, to draw water from a broken cistern. Mm -hmm. There's no water. In, and, I, and that, that lack of purpose um, behind something that is uh, not what our souls were created for. Uh, and, you know, it's no wonder that we, we feel anxiety or we feel a lack of, of purpose at the end of a day like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what would we encourage people to do? I'm just thinking about um, even just, I mean, Netflix is our, our common example that we've each mentioned here as far as what we're filling our time with a lot of us. And you're right, Scott, in saying there's nothing wrong with that. But I I think we're, when, the, when the world is operating normally, we have interaction with people daily, yeah. but now we, we don't have that interaction. And so when the world is operating normally, that Netflix moment is within a general context of having connection and community with people. But now we don't have that. And so we have to fight to engage with other people instead of escape to things that we only do individualized. Does that make sense? So yeah, you can sit in front of a computer and watch Netflix for hours. And um, maybe that was okay before because you also had communication with other people. But now you are doing about going about your day, cleaning your house, doing whatever on your own. And mm -hmm. then you are watching Netflix on your own. And you are not having any amount of community or um, interaction apart from your family. But for those, those who don't have families at home with them, that's a continual feeling of um, isolation and individualness. That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do we do? Like to go to your question, Dan, I think is we have to fight to have community, even virtual. And so there's already places that we've done that, right, with, with joining in on Sunday morning worship, but even to have something daily where you are going outside yourself and even outside of your own um, people immediately in your family, but 
are you, can you set up a conference call with people that you haven't seen in a couple of days and check in with them and say, Hey, how you doing? Can we pray together today? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be intentional about those things because they used to happen in the regular course of our lives, yeah. but now they aren't. And so I think that's one thing that we need to be conscious of and be intentional about. Absolutely. There's a guy at our, at our campus whose mom is, uh, in the vulnerable category of, you know, over 70, she's staying at home a lot. And um, one of the people at our church who's younger, not in their family, just set up a Zoom call with her. And they talked on the on the computer for maybe a half hour, 30, 35, 40 minutes. And he was telling me that that lady could not stop talking about it for a day and a half. Hmm because it just meant something because she's, she feels alone, right? She feels separated. And so um, there are, there are those people all around us and what a great thing for us right now, if you're stuck at home, well, now you've got, I don't know how many 30 minute blocks you have, but you got a lot of options to just take one of them and say, Hey, who might be isolated today that just needs a friend that just needs to talk to someone who needs adult conversation. What mom or single mom who's got all these kids now is trying to do work from home and school from home and be able to feed all the kids and make sure the house doesn't go crazy. Who needs adult interaction and adult conversation just to feel a sense of sanity. And I think that we as the church, that's a way for us to get our eyes off of ourselves and to put them on other people just like Christ would. And to just uh, be the body and the family that we are of faith. And so um, I guess it's the equivalent of like calling your mom, right? Like your mom wants to hear yeah. from you. Uh, but there's I other hope people out there. your mom listens to this podcast. My mom absolutely <laughs> she's listens. She's going to call you a hypocrite. She's going to call me and she's going to say, you never, yeah, yeah right. Um, which is not true because I've talked to my mom a little bit more than I ever have. But we're definitely editing this part out. So, <laughs> well, uh, you know. <laughs> You know, in this, in this, all this conversation of uh, digital connection, I can't help but uh, give props to Gen Z as a youth pastor yeah. because they've been doing this. This is this is what they do. This is how they connect. We uh, Bethany just had a uh, a group meet, like a Google Meet, with her crew yesterday, yeah. and uh, and and it's no big deal for them. You know, they connect in uh, via Zoom or, or Google Meet or they FaceTime or or whatever, and that's that's how they they do this every single day with people. And uh, it's funny that now this is, you know, we used to rag on them about it, like oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, have have real conversation. Right. And now everybody's <laughs> like, how do you do this? How do you have virtual conversations? And there's a whole generation that was out there that's like. So like See? this oh, is yeah, normal yeah. like nothing's different no. but i love that because gen z this is this is how gen z connects they connect right. digitally over video games they're playing xbox live together they're facetiming with each other um they're snapchatting each other instagram all, all this stuff all this stuff and i think we can take a, a leaf out of their out of their a page out of their book um yeah. so hey if you've got a teenager in your life maybe uh <laughs> Maybe pay attention ask or, for some or ask. tips. Yeah. Now's a good time to get caught up on technology. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, in the future, maybe we do a, an episode and a conversation about maybe we get a maybe we get like a, get a Gen Z in here. here. Oh yeah, and absolutely. just have them tell us here's what life is like. You know, it's like when the Doomsday Prepper finally meets Doomsday, <laughs> and everyone else around them is like, "Oh, you. you were so weird before, <laughs> and now we all just need your help." Yeah. <laughs> give us a little bit of rice like 
that's us with the Gen Zers. Like, totally. we didn't understand you. We we're so sorry. Will you take us in? <sighs> so yeah. true. So Scott, we've got a really um, a really exciting guest on the podcast uh, today. Uh, we know him and love him at the whole reporters campus because uh, he's been a regular attender, him and his wife for many years, actually since we opened the campus five years ago. And um, I didn't ever think that when we first met and connected that um, we would have to have a conversation about, you know, the government being open or closed or how, um, you know, we're prepared to help people in a pandemic. But that's the conversation that we had uh, today with uh, our mayor of Hobart, uh, Brian Snedeker. Brian's a fourth term mayor. He's a man who loves the Lord and uh, is an active member of our community, obviously. He's been uh, in conversation with the White House lately. He's connected with all the mayors around here. And uh, it's a privilege for us just to have picked his brain and uh, asked him some questions today about how people can get connected with um, what's happening from their government. And so uh, without any further ado, uh, I want to say goodbye to you guys, and we're gonna we're gonna now transition to hear uh, our interview with Mayor Brian Snedeker. It's a tremendous privilege for us to have on the phone uh, here on the Churches Now Online podcast, the mayor of Hobart, Brian Snedeker. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time. Hey, glad to be with you. Uh, also, Emily, my assistant, is, is with me here in the office uh, so that we can give you a two-pronged uh, response here today from our office. Fantastic. Hey, Emily, how are you? Good. How are you? We're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, both of you, your families, the Snedekers and, uh, and the Sidoruses are um, people who are active in our HB community. Uh, we, we obviously uh, love worshiping with you guys and have um, just appreciated the connection we have uh, to the city of Hobart and uh, just your families in general. And so for us to be having this conversation on a you know, campus-specific podcast, but really a, a podcast designed to uh, have a conversation that helps bless the entirety of Hobart, Portage, Valpo, the, the, the Porter County, Lake County areas, uh, is really just a fun, a fun privilege for us. And so uh, what we wanted to do is just have a chance to check in with our government. And uh, Brian, we're so grateful for the mayoral work that you've done over the previous three terms that you've served. And uh, I got to ask you, now that, now that you're into your, you know, your fourth term here, um, you're getting hit with a rather interesting scenario. Have you ever had anything like this as a mayor? Yes. Uh, my first term in office in 2008 is when we had the major flood of, uh, was like the 100-year-old flood. And huh. um, basically the, the city was decimated with just about every uh, east-west road in the city was um, was knocked out, was destroyed. Uh, route 6 and Route 30 were about the only two roads you could go east and west in the city. And uh, we've had a couple of 
pretty bad um, blizzards where, you know, the, uh, the city uh, as well as the region uh, hit uh, a pretty bad time of being crippled. But um, this, because of the uh, lasting uh, effect of this, is a little bit different than anything we've had to deal with because we know this is going to be uh, weeks um, that we're going to be facing in dealing with this. And if I can, Pastor, I just want to say, I want to give a shout out to uh, Bethel and all the campuses. Uh, with being one of the leaders that was willing to uh, heed to the governor's uh, directives and requests of reducing the um, size of gatherings with moving quickly to your small group ministries, as well as doing the Facebook and video uh, services. So I wanna say thank you to Bethel for being a leader in, in making that move. And uh, I also, I think it gives a chance for people out of the area to actually uh, be able to be a part of the service remotely. And uh, so I wanna say thank you. Yeah, you know, our elders, our lead elders, I can't speak on behalf of them, but I know that they deliberated quite uh, frequently weeks leading up to even the situation becoming a conscious, you know, um, crisis, if I could use that word. And uh, I'm, I'm also grateful for our leaders, you know, Pastor Steve and our elders who uh, care enough about our community to say, hey, this is the way that we can love our neighbors and uh, social distancing is going to be the thing that helps our hospitals. So um, we are happy to oblige. Plus, we believe the church is not a building, right? Like yeah. the church has never been about the address. It's about what God's doing in the hearts of individual believers. And so um, I'm excited to see how the Lord works in each of our own lives, Wh whether, you know, our footprint gets smaller physically. Uh, you, you just said it, our, our influence can actually expand digitally. So while we are confined to a, maybe a singular location, I'm in my house right now. I've, I've been in self-quarantine because our son uh, is still awaiting tests of his own uh, coronavirus test. You know, we, we had to test him last week. He's doing okay. We don't think he has it, but we just, we got to follow the CDC recommendations of waiting until you know before you see yep. people. Um, sure. But we had on our live stream, uh, the first week we had, you know, thousands of people who don't get to come to our church. And then this past weekend, the same exact thing. We had people tuning in from, uh, I think, New Zealand, from uh, all parts of the UK. Uh, someone was, uh, someone, one of the guys from our campus was playing electric guitar on the live stream. And he's got a buddy who's down in Haiti. And he, we got footage that was posted on our Facebook of someone filming him watching huh. our live stream while in Haiti. I don't know if you can follow the trail of all those things, but that's a crazy cool thing. That's crazy. To see how Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of coronavirus will not prevail against it. There you uh, go. He, he's doing it, man. He's doing it. So thank you for uh, just for, for that shout out. I, I know uh, that goes a long way. Well, you've had a really busy season as the mayor here. I, I wanted to ask you which is worse, a flood or coronavirus, but I'm not going to make you answer that question. It's a... <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah. I, I will tell you, I, I will tell you the response is much different. The, uh, the, the flooding was more of an immediate response. Um, you know, all hands on board, the, the more staffing, uh, the better. This has been one of those where you're trying to work with less staffing and still provide uh, quality services to the people uh, that we uh, serve as a community. 
and and also dealing with uh, groups of people that might need additional help, whether it's seniors, whether it's shut-ins that, you know, could need groceries or medication, things like that. And I will say uh, at the minister's meeting the other day, there was a good response of uh, various uh, church organizations that said, listen, we can help if need be with assisting, we can help with benevolence, we can help with different, uh, you know, different ideas, even counseling. There's, you know, when you have a situation like this, there are times that people become stressed. Um, they uh, don't always handle these types of things, maybe like some people, and it may be a matter of counseling with them and reassuring them that we will get through this. Mm -hmm. And so there's a myriad of, of issues that you're trying to deal with and you're trying to do it with a reduced staff uh, because what we've had to do is have only groups working so that if one group uh, gets infected it doesn't infect the other group that makes up that department so we've had to strategically determine uh, how our workforce is going to um, as a day-to-day -day assignment um, for the next couple weeks now, you mentioned something in our ministerial meeting last week that I thought was um, important, you, and maybe it's changed, but you said that the government buildings in Hobart, the, the city buildings, are still open. Uh, is that still the case? It, it is, and what we've done is we have a security officer here at the entrance of uh, City Hall, so if somebody uh, knocks at the door, the um, security officer will determine if there's a need for them to enter the building or not. If, say, somebody came to the building and they said they needed to speak to the mayor, they had, you know, an emergency or they needed to, uh, to talk to me about um, some type of life emergency, I would absolutely let them come into my office and, um, uh, you know, engage them. We've tried to limit anybody just coming in the building without um, some appointment or some extenuating circumstances. So the building is not open to just walk in. We do have you know, things in place security-wise, and that's the same with the other buildings uh, throughout, the, throughout the city. Yeah, I think I've heard a lot of local municipalities nearby have just carte blanche shut down. And so I'm, yeah. I'm grateful to know that, you know, you're taking pr precautions, but wanting to still serve our community. And, and I think our people ought to, ought to be encouraged to know that our, our city officials are aware. They're taking precautions. Uh, things haven't stopped. We're still at work. We're still going. Uh, we're taking care of people in a new situation. And that's really uh, comforting leadership uh, to know that, that you guys have uh, taken that step forward to say, hey, we're still available we're, when we're still physically present. Um, so I just I thought that was interesting. And I wanted our people to know. Uh, your mayor is on the job, right? Like you're, you're doing the work. And that's the way I look at it is that, you know, I, I've, I've, my comment has been to a few people, the last light switch that should be turned off is City Hall. Um, you know, we should be there um, as, as kind of a lighthouse to the community. And, um, you know, maybe that has to do a little bit with my law enforcement background where, you know, uh, when tough times are upon us, uh, that's when we always have to step up and, and uh, be there for the public. And um, yeah. so 
So I, I, I certainly understand I have to be cognizant of the employees and limit their exposure, but at the same time, I want to be uh, assuring to the community that we are still functioning. We are uh, serving the community. You know, our public works is still functioning, police, fire, and basically all our departments are still staffed and functioning. Hmm. Um, I, I did not agree with uh, a few other communities on how quickly they moved to closing their um you know, their areas. Uh, I, I, I was told by one community that closed uh, their city hall that a group of their employees used it to take off and go to the Wisconsin Dells. And uh, that is certainly not what I want to see. Our employees, if they're working from home, are remoting into their work computers so that we're still um, having um, work being done, even if they're working from their homes. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I want to be around the people that come back from Kalahari uh, after they've, <laughs> they've been passing that all around. Hey, Brian, let me ask you this. So, I, I firmly believe just being around a lot of the police officers in Hobart and loving the work that they do. They're so conscientious and uh, really careful with their police work. And they police officers make great mayors. I think. Um, <laughs> can I tap into your um, your former police brain mind? People are now self-quarantining at home and one of the realities of that is that there's friction at the home and yeah. uh that is not always an easy situation you know scott and i we work with man, many vulnerable populations and we know that not every family operates in healthy dynamics i'm sure yeah. there's been an uptick in domestic calls from our um to our police department what would you want to tell people at home who are living in, in situations where it just gets heated or tense or we maybe haven't figured out how to um, regulate our own, you know, emotional temperature here or there? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you could say to people who are uh, just feeling it at home as they're, as they're quarantining and uh, is there any comfort we can give them? Yeah, Pastor, you hit on a, an excellent point and you are correct. Uh, our police department has seen a slight uptick in domestic related calls. And what I would suggest a couple things. One, um, you know, with the, with the busy lives that, that we now live in many situations where sometimes both parents work and the kids are uh, away from the home, either at school or other types of uh, care facilities um, that the families are not used to being together for such extended periods of time, of course. And it does sometimes have um, issues if, they, if, if, if they're not used to cohabitating for these long periods that it can become stressful. And one of the strong things I advocate is to get outside. Um, certainly you wanna keep your, your social distancing. You don't wanna be around crowds but going to the park, walking the lakefront, um, getting out and just getting some fresh air, some exercise, um, that can go a long ways towards keeping your mental um, stability in place. Um, I, I, I really feel that um, when I go out and I get fresh air, it just kind of gives you a little bit of a, okay, let's, it's time out let the kids get a little fresh air and 
we'll all go back home and and we'll be in a much better mental state. So I, I do believe getting outside the home. Uh, also, I believe that in keeping yourself busy, whether it's playing games, um, you know, or having some type of constructive Bible study with your with your kids, prayer time, I think all of those play a way of giving us that peace and our stability to stay strong in our homes during this tough time. Um, you know, I, I as a mayor, I, I see a lot of situations where people who do not have a relationship with God, uh, there is so much more uncertainty in their mind, and they don't have anything, a rock to stand on. They, they, they have that instability of what is going on in the world. But as believers, we know uh, God will deliver us. Um, you know, I think sometimes people want to blame God for things that happen. And it's not always God's choosing, but God will deliver us um, at his, his, his chosen time. Yeah. Brian, I, uh, I love hearing about you know, what we could do at home, those people that are uh, you know, quarantined at home together. Something that Dan and I are really feeling right now, there's a lot of uh, groups and communities that are very isolated, um, not just with their families, but they're alone. And you kind of hit on yeah. one, of those, one of those groups with, with seniors. Um, and you mentioned previously that this was a, a group of people that you were concerned about. And I was just wondering what, what kind of programs or what kind of ways can the community um, be on the lookout for or help this, uh, this isolated group of people? That's a very good point. And, and one of the things, I'm, I'm going to be doing a robocall out this afternoon to the public. And one of the things we encourage is that as neighbors, um, make sure that you reach out. If you have a, a neighbor who is a senior and you know they live alone, uh, you know, a phone call, just checking in with them, making sure that they're not in need of anything, I believe is really, really important at this point because we know this could go on for several more weeks. And I think knowing your neighbors and having that relationship to reach out to them and see if they need help. Now we're providing certainly some help. We've reached out to the food pantry and other groups. So we, we really uh, believe that the government has a role to play here if someone needs help and we will provide that working with our um, fire department our police department and other uh, leadership we will do our best to provide the ability to get them uh, groceries medication uh, delivered to their house there's a way you can do it with and still stay um, separate. We, we have a plan where we put it on the porch, knock on the door. Um, and if there's a way that we can deliver the medication to them, depending on what the medication is, uh, they may have to show their driver's license through the door. Mm. But there's ways we will do that for them as best as we can. And so um, it is something that we as Christians and as neighbors yeah. need to be responsive to. Yeah, what an awesome opportunity for us to to be the hands and feet of, of Jesus here, but to also get to know our neighbors. Yeah, this might be the first time we we uh, 
we meet or even consider the people that live around us. Right. How could a uh, senior who is living in Hobart get connected with some of the help and the programs that um, you're offering? I know some of them are maybe works in progress and there's still um, different agreements that need to be made or different, um, you know, structures that need to be built. But is there a website? Is there a phone number? Is there some way to stay connected with the city of Hobart that would be better than another? Yes, it, they could actually call direct to my office, and Emily is manning the phones as well as Nikki. Um, and that number is 942-6112. And if it's something that is uh, above and beyond what the city can provide, um, I can assure you Emily will do her best to provide um, guidance to someone calling in that needs some, some direction. I will tell you one of the things that we do get calls for is they will call here and ask uh, where they go to get a test. Mm -hmm. And simply um, they need to reach out to their physician because the physician um, can put the order in for the test to be done uh, if they meet the criteria. Uh, but a lot of times people will call here and want to know, do they go straight to the emergency room or what do they do? And as of right now, the medical professionals are telling us to direct them that they need to reach out to their own physician and he can determine whether they need to be tested. Yeah, great point. We don't want to just overrun our hospitals with potential cases and the way that they do it. You know, my son had to be tested. We drove him up through the hospital line and someone with a ton of gear came out and it was like a, uh, it was like a ATM transaction or like, you know, old school when you went through the, the, the bank line and you put the thing in the tube and you never touched the person, you know, they uh, right. swabbed his nose and took care of it. And um, it's very uh, protective of our medical employees. And we want to make sure we do all that we can to make sure that this thing doesn't spread. Um, not living in fear, but, but living smartly. So yeah, great, right. great advice. Great advice. Well, we love you guys so much. We're grateful for the work that you're doing. Emily, I know that a lot of people are calling. I hear the phone ringing uh, even in this conversation. And it's good to know that the, the office of the mayor is open and that you guys are on such a, um, uh, a point of lookout and concern for our community. And uh, I'm just grateful for the work that you're doing and your, your concern for Hobart. And so uh, I know uh, we've already connected and I don't think the ministers have ever been more organized in Hobart than we are right now. So uh, shout out to some of our councilmen who have helped connect us all and figured out which churches offer what programs or what services and, and how we can all support one another. And I think in this time, it's great to see the community rallying together and really truly being a community. So Brian, thanks for your leadership. We're praying for uh, God's continued blessing and strength for you for your wife, uh, for all the families that are giving a lot of extra hours in the city. Uh, we're just grateful for you guys. and want to let you know that. Um, if, uh, if you need anything out there in Hobart, please connect uh, up with us, BethelWeb.org, or you can call the mayor's office as well. Brian, uh, Emily, thank you. Yes, Pastor, thank you for your leadership team too, and, and your ongoing leadership with the community, not just inside the walls, but outside the walls. You've been an absolute true leader uh, within our clergy. And I want to say thank you. Well, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to serve. We'll see you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to BethelWeb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Church-Hobart Portage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Church is Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobart Portage. Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, this podcast is to be continued.